0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. This is the Wharton Sports Business Show. I'm George Perry, your host, and we're on X Series XM 111. That is the Philadelphia 76ers uh theme song, and that's appropriate because we are going to bring on our guest for the show, Chris Heck, president of the Philadelphia 76ers. Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, our victory song. Victory,
0: victory song. song. Yeah. My apologies there. I, I, I did a...
1: not know that. It's uh, it's commonplace now.
0: Well, I, you're right, and I, and I apologize. <laughs> I was going to uh, I'm not a Philadelphia native, although I've been working in Philadelphia the last couple of years. I'm more of a D.C. Yes. area native. Okay. Um, but believe me, I've been getting schooled in Eagles, uh Phillies, uh, Sixers, uh and and uh and all the sports around here um as we go here. But it it's a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here uh today and, and for the for the listeners. Chris is the president of the Seventy Sixers, Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and he oversees content marketing branding ticket sales service sponsorship sales activation innovation strategy and business development so uh i'd say that's a rather large job that you've had now for about eight months is that my understanding
1: yeah yeah uh it's been um it's kind of my old job was uh chief sales and marketing officer that was the old and uh, i don't think i've updated my bio (laughs) i don't know what else is different other than um i get to do a few more fun things like talk to you and uh and talk about the brand uh, quite a bit. So we're ha- we're having a good time with it though.
0: Well, and this definitely has got to be a year that that's a good time and and, and I'm not going to spend, you know, we're not a sports talk show, we're a business uh, sports business show. Yeah. So um I won't I won't have you spend a lot of time on on the process and and, uh, you know, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing or how that came about. But, but as a guy who is, has been both on the buy side and sales side of sponsorships and uh, including, you know, I've, I've sold for uh, an NFL team, a women's professional soccer team, as well as now I'm with Penn uh, and selling the relays and, and Penn pen sports. Um, my big question is, you know, what, what was the impact the process had from a business standpoint and and particularly from a sales and marketing standpoint, it had to be rough for a few years when the team was so bad. Um,
1: Yeah, I I think that that is, you know, that question is so right to ask. And the, uh, the obvious answer or the, what would be, what would one would think would be the obvious answer would be that like, wow, this has been really tough over the last, you know, four or five years. And the reality of it is, is it's been the opposite. Um, we had an opportunity to recalibrate and restage what the product was, um, not only on the court, but how we presented it off the court. And to be frank, we've been crushing the numbers for five years. So from the first year on, so if you, if you rewind this whole process five years, on the business side we had 3600 season ticket members and each year we kept doubling all the way down to the highest uh, rated right at the top of the league at over 14,000 season ticket members where we cut it off this past year and we have now close to 11,000 people on a waiting list so it actually has you know you know, we just jo- internally like this has been a five year overnight success <laughs> the reality of it has been we have been doubling down on our revenues and our infrastructure of business every single year for five years
0: now, now and
1: uh, and that's been fun
0: now intuitively that doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at you know it the does. the performance on the court so i so I gotta you know without you giving away your secret sauce how how is this how did you make how did this happen and, and is this yeah, you I, I,
1: Listen, I, I think that our CEO Scott O'Neill, he's the best in the business. I think he had the vision um, of creating something so much bigger and better than a single franchise, and we were the recipients of that. Um, and then you had you know our managing partners, where they backed it up, and Josh Harrison, David Blitzer, you know, two Penn guys, um, had the patience and the fortitude to allow us to rebuild this thing in a different way. And so what happened was when we we came in here five years ago. We said, well, okay, how many many people do we have selling tickets? And it was a little over 20, 22 people. And what was the rationale of that is that was the league average. But Scott took a step back and said, hey, listen, well, we're a top 10 market. uh, You know, we're the sixth largest market in the NBA. Why are we doing what league averages? Why aren't we casting a bigger net? And what, what the conclusion of that was is we, we then turned it in over a two year period to the largest ticket sales force in the world at any sports franchise where we had 110 people selling tickets. And so there you go. There, the results, you know, were happening right in front of our eyes, even with a product that, um, wasn't uh, necessarily winning immediately, uh, but it was about a futures product and getting in on the best real estate early, uh, and that's how we we presented it to the to the fan base.
0: And so it sounds like you you went through the the long lost art of of, of you got to spend money to make money instead of uh, kind of let's 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 see the yeah, revenue come in. Money.
1: we made money every year. Yeah. And the reason is because but we did spend money. You're right. We 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 in the the infrastructure that was, um, dare I say, bare bones when we got there. So it was, you know, a lot of these, you know it from sports franchises, whether you're an NFL team or a women's professional soccer team, like you're a small organization. Mm -hmm. And we flipped that a little bit and we said, okay, well let's, let's take this small organization and double down. And we did, and it paid for itself. So we had a season ticket seller that we would bring in, and they would pay for themselves in nine weeks. Wow! And and so the the economics backed it up, and it, and it really was revolutionary.
0: So it's it's, it's it is a, a pretty impressive story, and and there's a number of other initiatives that that you guys have taken both in basketball and outside of basketball um, that are, that I'm really intrigued by, and that I'm I'm following closely. Um the first one is is I want to talk about a little bit is the jersey patch. Um yeah. you know uh, leagues have been re- particularly the majors have been have been resisting for years this idea of putting uh, logos on the jerseys as a sponsorship seller. I'm not sure why, because you know it's a great piece of real estate. Yeah, but sure. but uh, there's a purist kind of uh, set of people, traditionalists that that want to see those logos. Didn't want to see those logos on the on the jerseys. The NBA decided to do it, and, and you guys were uh, really the first uh, to partner with StubHub. But but not only did you get a, a logo on the on the jersey, but you also there, there was some innovation around that particular partnership. Can you talk a little bit about? that relationship and and why it's so yeah. innovative
1: yeah no the time it was one of those situations where the timing and the partner uh couldn't have been more ideal and um we had a, a big initiative to be first in in the major sports in north america um to to put a sponsor on the patch or on the uh the front of the jersey and it was really important to us because we believed in it we also think that it's like it's time uh, it's well past time, actually, for for uh, teams to do so, and and we thought the value was going to be really beneficial. And um, so, when we found and, and thought about it, um, you know, probably a year in advance uh, to the green light happening with uh, the NBA, uh, we were well prepared, and, and we hit the timing right because StubHub and their engineers had created this platform where they could combine the, the primary and secondary market together. So we, we were like the perfect poster child for their platform. And um, they bet on us in, the, in our future game, and we bet on them um, on being innovative and different where we could actually um, benefit uh, directly and indirectly. So directly on the, um, the patch itself, But indirectly, we were going to get, we were going to make revenues as we became a high demand team through the secondary market, and it all worked out. And and, so here we are.
0: Can you can you uh, expand a little bit on on this idea of combining the primary and secondary ticket market? Like, what what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah. So what it means is that you know if if our season ticket members wanted to resell our tickets and they went through our partner, um, they would sell them on StubHub. And instead of us competing against each other, we combined uh, forces. So our box office and our secondary partner now all of a sudden put all of our tickets in one pot, Mm -hmm. and we sold them all together. So it didn't matter what who was receiving what seat, and it was whatever was beneficial to the fan. So we would all collaborate and sell everything together under one system.
0: And, and so are for, other teams adopting that? As far as you know,
1: so the Cleveland Cavaliers just um, um, agreed to go into this uh, the venture. The, the follow, they're they're replicating what we're doing with them right now,
0: right? And
1: and uh, and more to come, I'm sure.
0: I bet. I mean, especially if it's obviously if it's they're they're probably watching you guys closely to see if it's paying off. Um, the the patch itself now what's it's still not you know the uh, the the European soccer huge logo on the front of the jersey it's it's a small patch on the on the upper upper part of the jersey do you do you foresee that expanding literally <laughs> figuratively um, in the future or do you think the the NBA is pretty happy with the location and size of the jersey Yeah, you know, I think know, the NBA patch.
1: is very happy. I think they've done an extraordinary job, and the teams have done an extraordinary job of. Um, the large majority of them selling it through at a a very substantial amount. And I believe that, um, I think it'll expand. Um, I don't know if it takes over the primary mark and the the team brand anytime soon, but, uh, you know, when you can justify it uh, through economics, and here's the other thing, the players benefit from it too, because it's a 50-50 revenue split so it's good for everybody that's involved and um and i like i said i think that uh if i were running one of the other sports major sports leagues like i would be very quick to follow
0: absolutely i mean they're, they're always looking for new revenue specifically as the, the costs increase and that's that's kind of an easy one that it's been around for a while in Europe, and, and now it's, it's, taken, it's coming in here. Um, another area that, that I think we talked earlier about, uh, spending money to make money and, and investing in, in the product, uh, is the training complex. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and kind of what the thought was behind uh, some of the things that went into that and, and also the location there over, over in Camden?
1: Sure, sure. We're we're stone's throw away um, from Center City, Philadelphia, right across from the Ben Franklin Bridge on the riverfront of, of Camden, um, which is, you know, we're a bit of the flag bearers for Camden to re- reinventing themselves. And it's been successful and it's really been a great place to go to work every day. Um, it's a campus. It's uh, about 140,000 square feet, two buildings. And um, it's as uh, nice a complex as you'll find in anything in sports. Uh so uh it allowed us to be uh it allowed us to be interesting and uh and innovative and we have um a world class chef and his team that that uh, feeds our players and, and focuses on health and wellness. We have a very robust uh, medical staff um that uh, do everything um on the cutting edge and uh and collaborate um, like no group I've ever seen with, uh, with having the, um, uh, the premier medicine uh, and, and opportunity for uh, medical facilities for uh, our players. And, and on top of that, on the business side, we also are the home of uh, the Kimball um, uh, Innovation Lab. And uh, that is a super cool environment that we created about a year ago. Where well, we have several companies um, that uh, Seth Berger, uh, another uh, Wharton grad, Wharton um, he uh, he oversees the group, and they're doing tremendous work, and it's really, really a fun place uh, to be around.
0: So, we're you're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111, we are speaking with Chris Heck, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers NBA basketball team uh, Chris, you just mentioned the innovation lab. I'd love to learn a little bit more. And I'm sure our listeners would, uh, about that. I mean, Penn just opened a Pennovation center and, yeah. uh, Wharton is very much known for innovation. And you mentioned Seth Berger, who, uh, was pretty innovative, uh, when he built his company and one out a, a, here at, uh, you know, after, right. after leaving Wharton, um, you know, what, so what's, I mean, I'm trying to understand how that, is that just a separate entity, or does that does that tie into the NBA In, team as well? It's
1: under the 76ers umbrella. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's very unique because it's um, It's part, we integrate all of these uh, younger companies um, into our organization and into our culture. And we learn from them, and they learn from us, and we share um, resources and we provide a, an environment where, um, they can succeed, help them succeed and, uh, really smart people that are doing unique ideas, um, that vary everywhere from a, uh, a cat feeding company all the way to a, um, e-sports, uh, camp and tutoring, uh, group that is, uh, in, in their own respective rights, just, Doing exceptionally well um, in uh, in growing their company in a f- super fast pace.
0: Sorry, did you say there was a cat feeding company?
1: <laughs> there is, yes.
0: Okay. Um,
1: doc and Phoebe's. Uh, they do. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe uh, our doc, who is uh, one of our partners there, is uh, is also another Penn grad and uh, a veterinarian that's found a way. To feed cats in a more proper manner than they're traditionally fed with uh, putting a lot of food in a bowl. So uh, she's uh, she's created a new an innovative innovative way to to uh, uh, improve the health and wellness of uh, cats and
0: Interesting. pets. Interesting. And then hopefully, I'm sure there's a sponsor there somewhere. Um, so Absolutely. you mentioned you mentioned one of the the, uh, the companies was is, is esports. And so I did want to get into yeah. esports because, um, you know, you guys are the the, the 76ers and in another innovative move as a first professional team in the U.S. to acquire an esports franchise. What okay. was what was the thinking behind that? Why? Why invest in esports? And, and what is that actually you know, what does that mean? What how are the 76ers or this organization involved in that?
1: Yeah, um, so we have a a team that's called Team Dignitas. Um, We are involved in several different esports groups that, uh, you know, so we have teams for every single, for these different sports um, within the esports world. And the esports world, you know, you and I may not be so in tune with it, but it is huge. Um, It is, uh, it is world, it is global. Um, It is uh, popular. And there's a whole um, there's a whole sector of people that we just would never realize um, or be able to tap into that are passionate about esports. And it is really an exciting space. uh, and, And we think it's a tremendous growth opportunity to get in early.
0: And so you announced a live streaming partnership with Facebook. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So,
1: um th- th- that's the same type of deal where um, a lot of these teams traditionally have been going on Twitch um, uh, Facebook is in the game now uh, we wanted to be first we, we we like going in first and we like going in big and it's really makes going to work exciting every day so um uh, we've had great success so far and uh, we expect to have, um, uh, you know, the adventure to continue down the road.
0: Fantastic! So now you guys, are, the Seventy Sixers, are in the uh, the playoffs. Uh, perhaps the uh, the process is has taken hold. Maybe even earlier than some expected. Um, you recently unveiled your playoff campaign, Philly Unite, uh, yep. and, and and unveiled a logo, uh, and and you've got uh, um, you've got some some uh, logos on the, on the court. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of what this this program is, and and I'm also, we're really interested in kind of how this comes about. Who who is it, or is this coming from? You is this a collaborative effort that hey we need to come up with a a, a, a playoff campaign or? Yeah, know?
1: it is a collaborative effort, and it's
0: led by our chief marketing officer Katie O'Reilly. And what it is is
1: um, it's an extension of our brand. Uh, it's a way to celebrate the playoffs, which are very special. Um, and a big deal when you get in there. Um, so if you ever get a chance to go to an NBA playoff game live, uh, you can feel it, and, and you can speak the language, so to speak. And um, it is, uh, it's a time to celebrate, and it's a time for, we thought, a, uh, an opportunity for this city and this region and our fan base um, to come together and unite in with uh, a common goal, and that is to to back uh, this team as their own, and and uh, it, it, it's happening. It's happening right in front of our eyes, and there's almost been—I uh, w- I would dare to say—it's a movement out there where um, our team, our brand, and our culture um, is really taking levels, are taking. The, the marketing idea is, is just transforming the fan out there to be so much more and so much more passionate uh, because it really is a likable team and the, the process is unique and it's theirs. It's Philadelphia's.
0: Fantastic. And, and, and are the fans really embracing this this team and, and this theme as well?
1: Like no other. Uh, we're the number one. Think about this. Like, you know, you're from Washington. So the best team, uh, the Bullets or the Wizards ever had, probably never broke in the top ten of marketing or merchandising. We we were number three this year in the regular season, coming off a 28-win season. And we are now number one, ahead of the Golden State Warriors, ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and all their stars that, that come along with that. Number one in merchandise around the globe. And it's unheard of. Like, like it, we we were a third seed in the East, which was unheard of for us to make this leap, but we're still the third seed in the East, and we're making these leaps and bounds um, with our fan base. And, you know, we're also a global team. We have half of our roster from different places around the world. Wow. And uh, from Australia to Africa to, to uh, Croatia and Turkey, it's really really an exciting time um to be a part of the
0: franchise chris uh we we are up against the clock here i want to thank you for coming on board great best of luck to the sixers i didn't ask the question everybody wants to know when when will Joel and B be on the court but uh maybe next time
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> all right we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just leave it by saying trust the process
0: thanks chris and uh that is the end of our show you've been listening to the wharton sports business show on sirius xm 111 join us again next week